All right, and here we are on episode 16 or Exponential Growth. Today, we got Alan Meisner, another serial entrepreneur from here, Louisiana, angel investor. And we're going to be talking like always about personal and business growth. Alan, thank you for joining us. Okay, thank you for asking me to come on. Sure, so let's go ahead and get started um, and just tell the audience about that moment when you realized that, okay, it's time for me to try something on my own and be an entrepreneur. Do you have a fixed moment or was that kind of like more of a series of events? You know, I think it's weird. I've always been busy. Even as even as a kid, I was always kind of looking for ways to to get the things I wanted, to do the things that I wanted. So it was it was not uncommon for me to often have two or three different jobs for, for me to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to open up a lawn care business or I'm going to do this or do that. So pretty much my entire life, I've never been comfortable just doing one thing. I've almost always done multiple things just to keep myself interested and, and engaged. That's wonderful. Let's go ahead and then, so you are right now in Louisiana. Let's tell the audience a little bit of your background. And, and I know you, you have, I mean, we literally were talking a minute ago about this, a very diverse background. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 went to, I went to college. I was in the Army for a little while. Then I went into college and majored in accounting. have had a wonderful career in corporate and in public accounting, working my way up, officer of the company, making good money. For most people, like I said, that, that would probably be enough. But over the, over the course of my career, as I advanced it, I always just wanted to do other things. So things I've done in my past that just because I wanted to, I, I was a um, offensive line coach for a women's professional football team. I've waited tables because, again, I just wanted to interact with people at a different way than I was in the office. I've sold vacuum cleaners. I've pretty much done anything and everything just to try to get the experience of doing it. In many cases, not even worried about whether it's making any money or not. And some of the things that I do, I do just because I enjoy them. And they could make money. They, they, they do make money. But I'm, I'm not focused on the money yet. It's really more about the passion of the project and just enjoying what I'm doing. And if I don't enjoy it, I shut it down. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to talk about you know, the fact that in business and in the economy, like you're part of a society, you have to some some way earn a living. And some, some people out there, they're doing it because they have to. But you're at a point now that you say, hey, I enjoyed this. I can do this. And you, you have chosen to. Just focus on what brings you joy. But what made you decide that and how you make the transition from just working for the money and now doing this that you love doing? Okay, well, I went through a health journey, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to this. When you're busy with your work and with your with your business and you're, you're trying to make things happen for yourself, it's hard to sometimes keep your eye on actually the stuff that matters. And so I let my health go. I let some of my relationships get weak and poor, and I, and I didn't invest enough time into those. And, and I, that was obviously a mistake, and, I, and I'm aware of it now. But there was a period of time when I just I wasn't aware of, of how much abuse I was rendering on those, those two aspects of my life. So I got into a really bad place, particularly health-wise, and decided that I wanted to do something about it. And at that point, I had a real pain. And I recognized as I was, as I was fixing that pain that there was, there was almost too much information on the internet 
it was almost too difficult to weed out what matters for someone who's who's my age. I'm I'm almost fifty. I'm fifty now, but I was almost fifty then. And just saying, okay, I'm I'm almost fifty, so you know, I I can't do the P90X the way those guys are doing it. You know, the insanity workouts look great, but if I did one of those, uh, I wouldn't be able to walk for a week. And and but the point being is like, yeah, if you're 21 years old, just move more and eat less, and it it, it, it can work. It can it definitely work for a 21 year old. That instruction set doesn't necessarily work for a 40-year-old still has obligations in their life. So I started putting together the things that I needed to fix myself and realized that I had, I'm not so much cracked the code, but come to realize that I understood things from a perspective that was very different than what was out there. And that by taking the time to explain that to people, and I, and I started the podcast, 40 Plus Fitness, it was, it was kind of a me- mechanism for sharing that information. And I, I never really, when I started this, I didn't really intend to be a personal trainer, but that just sort of evolved from the fact that even though I'm doing the podcast, the questions and the things that people really needed, I couldn't answer in a podcast. You know, I was doing it daily for a while and then I'm three times a week, but I, I still couldn't help enough people that way. So I did start Forever Fitness, my personal training brand and I'm really enjoying that and we'll continue to do that as long as I get the joy and passion of helping people. That's great and I do want to cover some of the regular questions that we do in the show which is your business model, your money, the market, the mentor but before we jump into that I want to expand on that concept of the multiple streams of income. I think Robert Allen is the author of that book and it's like probably 10-12 years old but he basically talks about the four mountains where you got the internet, you got investments, you got businesses and real estate. And apparently you got, uh, you personally have the chance to also explore in those four avenues and you have some experience on that. So Tell us about how you ended up deciding on the multiple streams of income and how is that working for you? Well, you know, again, I've always tended to have multiple things going on and and finding that, you know, I, I, I could get a job and I could, I could work up to the 40 or 60 or however many hours per week that they needed out of me. But I would always kind of want a little bit more. And, and obviously, yeah, I could, I could change jobs to get more money or I could ask for more money. But that wasn't necessarily in the cards. And and even if it was, there's just other things I could do. So I may sit there and decide, okay, I've got the money I need right here. Maybe I want to go ahead and invest in some rental properties, or I've got some money here. Maybe I want to buy some Bitcoin and I've got some money here, or maybe I've got some time here and I want to go ahead and I want to start this little sideline business. And so it really was just kind of a mechanism of the way that I liked to live my life. So the period of time when I was, when Bitcoin was just coming up and a lot of people didn't know about it. And I was like, you know, this could get really, really big. So I bought in. Same thing with the angel investing. When I'd gotten my wealth up to a point and was comfortable, I'm like, there's a lot of these really cool companies out there that need help. They, they need someone to kind of step in and provide them with the capital to launch this thing. And if I saw that they were really addressing a real need, a hurt, and I saw that the market could be there and you have a really energetic team that I can get behind. I just saw that as an opportunity for me to to learn. It was an opportunity for me to help. And so it's just, it kind of was all bore out of just, I'm not going to say boredom, 
but just not wanting to ever, I, I'm never bored. I'm always trying to learn something new. I'm always trying to engage in something new. And with that, then I typically find a way to make money with it or build wealth with it. And that's, that's kind of how this has all come about. And so once I start something, you know, I, I did Bitcoin for a while and then I'm like, okay, well, I've, I've got an investment in Bitcoin. I'll just let it ride. I've got some investment in some angel companies. I'll just let those ride. I want to do some day trading with options. I play with that for a little while and make some money. And it's, it's really just a matter of just saying, I want to try something. I want to learn about it. And if I get joy out of it, I keep doing it. If I don't, then I'll, I'll move on to another topic. But typically, like I said, there's sometimes residual income and things that are happening from those things that I was interested in. Yeah. And I think the criteria that you're going through, which is, okay, do I enjoy this? It's pretty effective for long term. And as the strategy saying, okay, this is what I want to do because I enjoy it. But you got the two separate ways of making money, which is the active way of doing it or making a living or just working for providing value and in return you get uh, you get paid. So that's one way. And then the passive income is where your money makes money for you. So at this point, you went through, you experimented, you tried out multiple things and you were able to clean out and filter. So what are the things that now you have in, in your own investor portfolio, if you want to call it that way, that you say, okay, this is what worked for me and the other ones, I just dropped those. Okay. Well, I, I do have rental properties that I've held on to because they're they're giving me a nice income. Like I said, I have some past investments in angel companies and in Bitcoin that I just sort of let ride. And I've done coaching before, like I said, the women's professional football team. I, when I moved, I, I, I changed that up. There's not a team in the area, so I really haven't picked that back up. But that would be something that if I had an opportunity to be a football coach again, I would, I'd probably seize on. I tried a podcast once and it was, it was, it was going to be quite lucrative for public speaking and other things in the field that I'm trained in. But what I found was that I just didn't have the passion for it because I was, I was doing it for, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day at work. And then I was coming home and recording a podcast on the same thing I'd been doing all day. So I lost the passion for that. And I said, okay, this isn't really for me. So there's, there were 15 episodes of that, that I put together. I learned a lot and, and that was the value of it. But once I kind of learned what I needed to learn from that, I, I realized that that was not the direction I wanted to go. So I did, I did drop that. I had an internet company. It was basically like the, uh, the pick them football that, you know, you can pick which games are going to win based on the odds, similar to what you can do on Yahoo sports. But this one was for college football and it included every single division one football team. And then I branched out. I was doing all kinds of other sports. I had a, a guy from India ask me if I could carry cricket. So we actually had pick them for cricket. We did Australian rules, basketball. So it was kind of interesting to put that together and work with a lot of good people that were running uh, sports forums and, and had these different leagues and were paying, paying attention to these sports and really passionate about it because I am very passionate about sports. But again, it was, there was a ton of work to manage and maintain that infrastructure. I learned what I wanted to learn doing it. And then just, like I said, wasn't enjoying it as much as I needed to. So I pulled the plug on it. And that was, that was probably one of the bigger losses I took because that was the one that hadn't quite made it to break even. So my investment in that was, was fairly sizable, but again, it just, it wasn't worth the the stress on my body for me to continue to do it. So I pulled the plug. I see. Yeah. That's a smart choice. You got to be straight and, and, and just 
literally just decide and move on. And, and I bet that's the hard part of doing it because we get really emotional about our ideas and projects. And especially if you invest a lot of money on it and time, you do not want to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I first, I was, I, I was so proud of my baby. I really was. I had a beautiful baby, but it was just one of those points where just after a while of realizing that we weren't hitting critical mass and it was going to take another, and I was, I was bootstrapped like, like everything I do. And so it was like, do I really want to put another big chunk of money for marketing to really blow this thing up? And then is it scalable and, and what's the workload and what else am I going to learn and what else am I going to get from this? And for me, it's never been about making a billion dollars or, or doing this or that. It's really always been about, am I happy? And so I, I look for the things that are just going to add value to my life, not what's going to necessarily put money in my pocket. Yeah. And in the past couple episodes, I think it was three or four episodes ago in the show, we were chatting about the difference between a lifestyle business and then this high growing type of startups that we have a couple of those in the show as well. But there's a huge difference on the way you conduct, you operate, the way that you make decisions on a startup that you raise, you know, for example, quarter million dollars. And then you're building this platform and then in five years you're expecting to go and, and, and that your company will be worth 10, 20 million dollars and then you exit it out. But the lifestyle business is more bootstrap and then like slowly but surely you start growing and plus if you enjoy it, like in your case, you're, you're adding that criteria, then you have way more chances of succeeding even though if your business goes to all the ups and down, when it goes down, you're, you're going to maintain it because you're enjoying it anyway. So do you want to go ahead and tell us about why you chose that lifestyle business instead of just doing any other type of, of model? Well, because I can tell you, I, I helped John lose 38 pounds. I helped Tammy lose 25 pounds and, and both of them are much healthier for it. I've helped uh, Susan get better on her back squat, which was something she really wanted to do. So I have those stories now. I have those people in my life that I still interact with on a daily basis that I've helped. So when you talk about wealth, to me, that relationship, that thing is much more valuable than selling a, an IPO or, or, or making a million dollars or a billion dollars, I get much more joy out of knowing the people that I've helped than I would from having more money in the bank. I see. Yep. That's great. And when it comes to personal growth, I think that's Tony Robbins one-on-one kind of thing. The two spiritual needs is growth and contribution. And basically what you're saying is even though people out there, entrepreneurs can be making decisions on how they're going to run their business if they are not contributing or not growing they're not going to be fulfilled and so what you're saying is hey in my business i am profitable i am scalable i can get a good i can serve a, a good amount of people plus i can make a lot of money <laughs> and but i mean you're you're fulfilling these two human needs which is you're growing and you're contributing to other people and that's literally happiness or joy right Yes, yes. And and again, there is money involved here. I am investing money in things and I am making money from things. So it's it's not really I wouldn't call it just completely uh I'm not monkish. I'm <laughs> disavowing wealth at all. In fact, I, I I would say I do quite well. But that's not the central theme. The the central theme of what I do is 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 first, do I enjoy it? And two, am I helping people? And if if I find the things that do both of those, 
then if there's a money element to be made, then that, that's, that's perfect. But if it's not, it doesn't mean I won't necessarily keep doing it. Like, I'll give you another example. I really enjoy the podcasting and I went to podcast movement and I really enjoyed that interaction. I'm, I'm an introvert. So it, when I get in the large crowds, it's really, really difficult for me. So what I decided to do was to basically see if I could make what happened up there happen here in Louisiana. So I've started the Arklatex podcasters group and we're meeting the third Tuesday of each month in the uh, kind of the northeast part, northwest part of Louisiana area, Shreveport, Monroe, or Rust. And it's an opportunity for people to interact that have a passion for podcasting. Am I ever going to make money doing that? Well, no. That's not intended to be a money-making venture. That's, that's a passion project to get people together with common interests that we can share and then just enjoy each other's company. And so the things I do, again, I, I do because there's a joy to it and I know people will get, get something from it. If there's money, then again, that's, that's good. But that's never the central thing. Yeah, I would love to join one of those meetings eventually since that's probably, what, three, four hours away from here? Yeah, maybe a little bit further. But uh, yeah, if we had it in Ruston, probably a little bit closer to Baton Rouge. But yeah, it's uh, probably about three and a half. That's great. Well, I, I just remember uh, that uh, funny story that Alan and I, we were hanging out podcast movement and we were chatting for like five, ten minutes. And then after ten minutes, we realized, oh, Alan. It happens to be that we were working together. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of the internet. You meet someone and, and you don't even know you know them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, through Podcast Impress, Alan, you have a hun over uh, almost 140 episodes now on the show, right? I went, uh, I think I dropped 147 today. That's amazing. That's congratulations. <laughs> Kudos on that. That's unbelievable. Thank you. Very powerful. Awesome. Well, let's get then to the. Uh, Core of the questions for Forever Fitness, which is the main brand that right now you're focusing, even though like we, we just cover different branches and projects and business, I think Forever Fitness can be the one that we can uh, just go in and deconstruct and show this and share with the audience some of the value. Let's start with the business model. And to be more specific, there is different. You have the subscription base, you got one-on-one consulting or you got selling products or info products, whatever it is, there are different ways of making a business and, and running a business long term. So if you want to share with us, what's your business model and what are you are looking to do in the next couple of months and years? Okay. Basically, Forever Fitness is my online personal coaching program. It's a fitness coaching. Basically, people sign for a one-year membership. They come in. I'm providing all kinds of tools and write-ups and exercise videos. And I do a full assessment. It's as if you walked into my gym. If I had a, when I had a gym and when I'm working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, literally the same assessments and things that I do there in person, I'm able to do through this online coaching. So the movement assessments, all the other assessments, the medical, all that's done online. I've set up the platform for that. Basically, after the assessments, we talk about your goals and objectives and get you kind of lined up to say, okay, this is what I want to accomplish. This is how I want to accomplish it. And it's mostly geared, I'd say, to beginner to intermediate level. If you're advanced and, and really need coaching, then I'm, I'm probably not the, the specialist that you need. I'm more of the generalist to help people meet their general health and fitness goals. I do have a 10-week program that, that folks can get into if they really want, kind of want to do something a little bit more tense and see some pretty dramatic changes. 
that's there. But for most folks, it's really just a matter of assessing the movements and helping guide them along. If they have questions about an exercise they're doing, they can videotape themselves and I can, I can look at it and kind of give them some, some cues on how they can improve their form, improve their strength. Or they want to do something, like I said, Susan wanted to increase her, her squat, improve her squat. So I, I introduced some new exercises to her to help her improve her overall form and mobility. So there's th- it's that kind of thing. And, and basically, it allows me, they sign up for a one-year subscription. So basically, I'm, I'm able to work with them one-on-one as they need it, answer their questions as they need it. There's a private Facebook group, direct email, a lot of other communication that goes on with the clients there. So that's really what that's all about. And it's just a matter of me looking at ways that I can scale a personal training. Because typically, if you wanted to sign up with a personal trainer, they're going to be like, okay, well, my slots are at 6 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or 6 p.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, or you can come in anytime during the day because none of my clients want to come in during the day. And you're like, well, I've got a job. I can't do that. Okay, I guess it's 6 a.m. I don't really want to get up at 6 a.m., but I guess I'm getting up at 6 a.m. because that's when my personal trainer is available. Well, here, you can go to the gym whenever the heck you want to. And if you've got questions about something, you can take the videos or you can contact me and say, hey, what do you think about this and adding this to my program? What do you think about this with my food? What about this with my supplements? We can have those conversations. So it's the same. To me, it's the same thing as having someone there. I'm just not watching you do the reps. That's great. So it's basically, this online remote connection and platform where you get to interact and and the what i do find interesting is that it is a subscription-based model but it's not a month-to-month like most of the people out there in in the membership economy they're doing month-to-month or and they do have some some pricing and discounts for year long but i'm pretty sure there's a reason why you ended up deciding okay a year long it's it's better or the results, or what was the line of thought? I guess the real thing would be this. Do you give a shit? I mean, it's it's hard to to say it that way, but do you care? Do you really care? Because if you care, then you're going to see this as a a long-term project. If you want to just lose 20 pounds, yeah, I I could do that in a month, and then you can cut out and go back to what you were doing and and gain it all right back. But if you're really looking for a coach that's that's looking to make an investment in you, then make that investment in yourself. So let's do this for a year. And if the end of the year you're, you're done, you've had enough, you're ready to move on to maybe a better coach, or maybe you feel like you've learned all you really needed to learn from me and you're ready to graduate and do it yourself, both are fully acceptable. If I've, I've taught someone what they need to succeed in their health and fitness after that year, then it's, it's a huge win for me. I won't have any hard feelings at all if someone's able to do that and move on. But I am there. If they want to sign up for the second year, they can. Wonderful. And I, I love the... Uh different ways so this is kind of like another confirmation that there's no one way to do business in fact we have our next uh episode we're going to be doing a show with robert he runs vega coffee and he's in nicaragua and he's an american entrepreneur that he moved on there and now he's selling subscription-based coffee online so just like alan right now he's doing something that traditionally was one-on-one very hard to schedule, very hard to scale as well and to manage large amount of people. But now you can see that Alan not only found a way to do it online remotely, but at the same time to commit this community and get committed with this community and be able to help them every year instead of, okay, well, I'm just going to sign up for two months and then I'm going to cancel, which is one of the biggest thing the churn and people quitting subscription-based type of membership. Now, one question about in particular about the revenue generation in that model 
So let's say that somebody signs up for the year long and let's just make up some numbers. Let's say that the program is $10,000 for the year. And I say, hey, Alan, I'm committed. Do I have to pay up front the $10,000 or you break it down into two payments? Or how do you deal with that subscription element on the financials? Well, to be honest, again, this is a passion project. I want to help people and I want to get joy out of it. So this is, I, I, I didn't price it at $10,000. It's, it's $250 for the year. Oh, wow. Okay. And the general expectation is there's, there's one consult call. I am going to look at a movement video. The, the movement video will, will take me probably, and, and do the, doing the pre-work probably take me about 15 minutes. I'll spend 30 minutes on the, on the call with you. So that's kind of my upfront time investment that I have with you. And then beyond that, it's, it's really just as you need consult, as you need help. Some will need more help than others, and some they'll have everything they need right there in the site because I put videos of all the different exercises. So if I tell someone you, you need to do the front squat, add the front squat to your program instead of the back squat. And there's an exercise in, in the program that can go out there and see full instructions on how to do the front squat properly. And so that's really what it is, is the, the time investment for me was on the front end to have the platform set up and to have all this other stuff set up. So my time commitment on the back end is, is much lower. And that's how I'm able to offer it such a such an effective right. Price. And at the same time, which is our next the money piece, you you're able to monetize and make money by having these tiers. And so I'm assuming that you have this two fifty a year. And after that, you know, if there's any other levels like the ten weeks commitment that you're saying that people that are very seriously about okay, I want to do an intensive program that doesn't cost them dime more. No, the, the, the two fifty buys them the program. They're in okay. Okay. So if they wanted more one-on-one coaching, they wanted more consult calls, yes, I, I would be open to taking consult calls at, at a cost. And so, yeah, there is an, there is an effective upsell to my revenue model. But it, again, I just want to be what they need me to be. And again, if they need me on the phone to do this, then I'll hop on the phone. It's, it's really a matter of, of I want to help as many people as I can, and I want to help them to the extent it makes sense. I don't want to just upsell someone for the sake of saying, you know, I want your money. So yes, if, if someone called me and said, someone's contacted me and said, look, I got that one consult. I really would like to have another set of consults with you, I would bundle and sell them a package. Totally, totally. And that's totally fine. I think it's great to understand that selling is solving a problem for somebody. And when you, when we're selling to someone, I mean, there's some people out there that they're selling and they're not solving any problem, right? <laughs> but in this case, they're selling, they're providing a solution. So they're solving a problem. They're saying, hey, there's a solution. So your solution is very clear it actually provides results. Like you say, you have stories and that you're doing it out of joy. And people can read that real fast. They see if you are legit or not pretty quickly. And especially if it's a community-based type of thing where you're doing this as a personal brand and you're very involved, it's pretty easy to know that you are that, that person that you are telling out there in the podcast or that you're promoting out there. That's the real deal. So I think it, it, it's, it's great to clarify that like Alan, many other entrepreneurs right there, they want they want to help, they want to provide value. And it's totally fine to have different ways of unpackaging this and like Alan say, hey, if they have a need, I'm here and I'm here to help. And just just kind of let you know like like what I one of the things I did this month is I, I opened up a sugar challenge. And literally for 30 days, I've opened up, I've gotten a few hundred people to sign up and we're going through 
for 30 days and each of us are limiting our sugar intake to less than 50 grams. And each day they get an email, there's a website and an infographic for them to go check out. So there's, there's content that's going to educate them each and every day, kind of keep them motivated, keep them encouraged. Obviously, all of them then have contact to me via email, some interacting with a lot of people. And, and again, it's something I'm enjoying doing. It's something that's helping people. And if it brings more people into my personal training, that's awesome. Wonderful. I think the next M is market. So I think uh, it's very clear that you, you do have the uh, ability to work anybody with uh, over 40. But at the same time, I think um, you do have some ideal clients and so let's talk about your market and who's your ideal client. Well, my, my again, I, I typically seem to be able to benefit the the starter, the beginner, a lot more so than the advanced person. I, I could still add value to the advanced person because I do have the skills to do so. It's just what I've found is my style and my approach and my what my understanding is because I've been there. I just relate very well to someone who's just trying to figure some things out, those first few things. Because kind of when you start thinking about when you're accelerating in a car and you're going from zero and you're trying to go to 60, from zero to 60, that acceleration is what you feel. You really feel that. Once you get to 60 and, and then you're just cruising at 60, it, it, you don't feel that momentum anymore. And so the people that I tend to get the most joy out of helping are those people that are accelerating from zero because they get the most joy out of the change they see in their body. Wow. I love it. I never thought about that, but that's totally, and that applies for business as well. You can see the results more, more drastic results, correct? Yes, absolutely. And that's probably why I start a lot of things because once I get them started, there's just so much excitement and learning and things that are going on. And then I build the systems and I get the processes going and everything's built and going. And then it's just a question of, you know, now that there's no acceleration to it, am I enjoying the ride? And again, it's, it's, it, it depends on the vehicle I'm in, <laughs> am I in a sports car or am I in an old clunker at that point? And if I'm still in the sports car, I might be enjoying the ride, but there's been some clunkers and I just, I get rid of them. There you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Next, and it's about mentoring or mentorship. So if you have had any people around your, your business or during your journey as an entrepreneur that has helped you kind of like overcome all of the wonderful ups and downs of uh, the entrepreneurial journey. As I was thinking about this, because I did listen to a few episodes to kind of prep myself for this call, I thought I've actually had so many mentors that it wasn't like a formal mentoring. I, I never really had what I would call a formal mentor or a formal coach, but I've had people that just seem to be where I needed them to be when I needed them. They, they, they said the right things to me to help me along my journey, whether it was with the career, whether it was with starting a business, whether it was with coaching, anything that I've done, it just seems like I'm able to attract the right people. And I don't, it's not like I've done anything conscious, but I've always kind of had good people in my life. And recently kind of transitioned more from needing mentors. And I think this is probably more my age than anything else is now I'm more involved and engaged with the mastermind. So I'm, I'm in one mastermind for my business and, and some wonderful, really 
awesome spring, Which one is you know, that? thought leaders. It's it's a it's a private mastermind that I've kind of we built out. It was a I was I was in a paid group for the podcasting and we kind of sprang out of there and brought some more people in and it's just evolved to be a really really cool thing. We meet once a week and we have a Slack that we we all communicate on and it's really been extremely valuable to my business and I feel like I'm doing a lot to to add value to that group as well. But then Beyond that, what's the thing I'm looking at with the uh, Arclitex podcasters group is just basically to say this could be another mastermind style group for me where I'm able to bounce ideas and and just kind of learn what's going on. I think the last time we had a meeting, I was talking to some folks about Patreon and how they're monetizing their podcast with Patreon. And it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll think about that. But so I, I see that as another opportunity for me to move to that, get into another kind of mastermind group. And so it's kind of evolved from having these mentors or people in my lives that have just said the right thing at the right time. And then I'm also an avid reader. I, I probably read about a book a day and I probably listen to three or four different podcasts each day. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to absorb and learn and grow and apply. And that's probably one of my core strengths is I hear something, see something, learn something and apply it. And, and, I, and I typically can do that very, very quickly. If it, if it makes sense, I'm on it. And, and I get it done. Wonderful. Is there any uh, of those business books or that you say, hey, you, you guys have to check out this one for, especially for you entrepreneurs? And I think one of the core ones is Essentialism by McCown. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That one book, it will make you, so, if you, if you read and reread and go through that book, that's probably a book you should read about once a quarter. When you're really thinking about what you're doing and, and, and getting to the essentials of what's making you effective and what's not. Because if you only have so many hours in your day, and if you're working on things that don't matter, you're, you're hurting the performance of your business and you're probably hurting your personal life and you're, you're hurting your health. So getting down to the points and the things that really matter to you and really doing those things. Um, and then the other one is just the old classic Dale Carnegie, how to uh, win friends and influence people. It was written a long, long time ago, but the tenets in that book are, are still true today. And so again, that's a book that I think if, if, you, if you haven't read it, you need to read it. And if you haven't read it lately, it's probably time to dust it off and, and pull it back out because it just really will get you thinking about why you're doing what you're doing around people. And if you're helping people and you're building relationships, like I said, I've, I've always had the right person in my life at the right time. And that, again, that I think that comes from the fact that I welcome people in my life. I don't push them away. And again, that book is a big part of how I like to think when I'm, I'm dealing with people and, I, and, it's, and it's helped. Definitely. That's a classic right there. And the essentialism, it's it's pretty close and very similar to the uh I believe the the one thing. See the let me see the, the name of the author. I think he he actually was a, one of the authors was a podcast movement. So I think Jay was a podcast movement. So it's Gary and Jay, the authors of this book, and they're very similar, like essentialism and the one thing. Pretty much talk about just focusing on one thing in every area of your life that it's really going to be making the whole difference in, in, in either health or business stuff. But to close, I would love, I saw your the last three episodes on your show, your website, older, that fitness and the 40 plus fitness. If you guys want to check it out, that's Alan, a podcast. The last three episodes is called The Value of Play. And Alan, if we close this show and just talk about why play and why is that important to you right now? 
Okay, well, I, I think it goes back to there's there's two aspects to it. Is is one of the things that we don't think about enough is is how we got skills and strength and stamina and mobility and all the things that we got as we grew up. And so the three episodes that are there, and I'll talk about the websites in a moment. I'm actually moving websites, but those are the last three that are on the the old site. The prim- principles are this. If, if you're doing the things you enjoy, you're more likely to keep doing them. So play can be a very big part of keeping you engaged in a fitness program. A lot of people enjoy playing soccer or a lot of people enjoy playing volleyball. And so if those are the things that you enjoy or basketball, then do things that help make you better at those and then do those things because those are those are great sports to keep you active and keep you going. And then I think the other side of what I got into with that with those different episodes was that each aspect of life, whether we were babies crawling around, getting up, getting down, getting up, getting down, whether we were playing kids games like hopscotch and jump rope, or whether we were playing a sport, all of those were progressions in giving us certain fitness modalities that, that made us stronger and better as we aged. So by the time we hit our teens, if we were athletes, we didn't just become athletes naturally. That was something that through crawling and getting up and getting down through playing those games as a kid, kickball and hopscotch, and then getting older and then starting to play sports and learn the the fundamentals of hand-eye coordination, speed, strength, all those things that we did got us fit and healthy. And then if we get older and we stop doing those things, we lose that fitness, we lose that health. So this is really about kind of getting back to those fundamentals of saying, where do I find joy as it relates to health and fitness? And again, if it's a sport, if it's going out with your grandchild and playing hopscotch, if it's getting down on the ground and just crawling around with the baby, all these opportunities for you to be working on your health and fitness and and finding joy in it as well. Wonderful. So 40 plus fitness podcast.com, that's the up-to-date version and then the other one the olders that fitness that's a separate website so tell us what do you want to do with those sites okay well older older dot fitness is is the company name that's actually the name of the company's older fitness and so that's the parent company that then owns the two brands 40 plus fitness podcast which is over at 40 plus fitness podcast.com and the the personal training brand forever fitness which is at forever dot fitness wonderful so, guys, make sure, guys and girls, make sure to check out Alan's website. I'm going to post the show in the show notes, the links. But, hey, I'm telling you, I met Alan. He looks like he's 30-something, and he's actually 50, so watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a, a great, a cool guy. And then looking forward to the group. What's the name of the group again, the podcasting group? It's, it's arclatexpodcasters.com. And, and we're going to be meeting, like I said, the third Tuesday, about 6.30. We're going to rotate the meetings. There's a few of us here in Ruston, and then there's, but there's, I think there's more over in Monroe and some, and some over in Shreveport. So we're probably going to rotate the meetings around a little bit to give people the opportunity to kind of not have to drive as far to go to one, mix it up a little bit, get different mixes of people in there. So we will be holding that. So you can go to arclatexpodcasters.com, and then we've also created the Arclatex Podcast group and then you can also find us on uh, meetup there you go wonderful and the best way to connect with you personally is going through any of these websites and what else any of the websites you can also email me alan at older.fitness and i respond i mean I'll, I'll be right there so if you need something just let me know i love to help people sounds good any other last thought to close before we complete this episode 
I think people should really be focused on the things that bring them joy and health. And as, as entrepreneurs, you're investing so much time in your business and you might not be paying enough attention to the other aspects of your life that matter, faith, family, and health. And so really make sure you take a break every once in a while and look at those other aspects of your life. Uh, don't, don't get like I was at 40, 45 years old and very unhealthy and very unhappy with the relationships. was doing great career-wise and business-wise, but those other aspects of my life were, were just not there. So, and, and it was because I had taken my eye off those balls for far too long. So just take some time to reflect. This is your life and you don't want to get to the other side of it and realize that you've left too much of it behind. It's wonderful. Alan, thank you very much for your time and we will see each other pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, Gabe. All right. Thank you guys and see you in the next episode.